Father, we just want to thank you for our brother Alec. We want to thank you for bringing him safely to us and thank you for his fellowship. We now look forward to what you will speak to us by your Holy Spirit through the word of God, through the message that he brings. God, we pray that you will just now speak powerfully to each of our hearts. Lord, may our hearts and our minds be open to receive the message the Holy Spirit has for us this morning. We ask this for your glory in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Great to see you. Thanks so much for your invitation, and it's a real privilege for me to be with you and um, to, to be able to share the glorious Word of God. Our God speaks, our God's alive, and He wants to bless each and every one of us this morning. Real good. Now, I'm getting a little bit older. I was 21, now I'm 22. And now I find that as I'm getting older, I'm getting good at one thing in particular. In fact, I'm getting brilliant at it. I do it every day just to make sure I'm practicing. And that's forgetting things. I'm getting so good at it. I can forget anything. I can forget things quickly. I can forget things that have happened a long time ago. I forget people's birthdays. I forget my own anniversary. When my wife sends me to do the shopping, she sends me to do five things. If I remember one, that's a great victory for me. It's a sad thing, isn't it, when the brain starts starts to forget things. But it's a sad thing, honestly, when we forget the good that people have done to us. I've seen people turn around to their parents. I've heard people turn around to their parents and say, you've never done anything for me. Can you imagine that? I've seen children desert their parents and just leave them as they are and not care about them anymore because they've forgotten what God, uh, sorry, what their parents have done for them. And we've sung a song, bless the Lord, O my soul, and worship his holy name and Where does that come from? Does someone know? Psalm 103. And we've read that this morning. And I'd just like to reread the first verses where it says, let me just find it here. Um, Praise the Lord, O my soul. O my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Bible continually reminds us not to forget what God has done for us. Why does he tell us that? Because we forget. And we continually forget. That's why God continually continually reminds us not to forget. And he says, um, forget not all his benefits. There's a beautiful song that we used to sing, which is, count your blessings, name them one by one, and you'll be surprised at what the Lord has done. And this psalm reminds us of what God has done for us. And there are so many things. We'd need more than a psalm to remind us about that. But he goes into some detail of the things that he wants to bring to our attention and that we want to consider this morning. He starts starts off by saying in verse 3, Don't forget, it's the Lord who forgives all your sins. God forgives sins. Maybe we've forgotten what sin is all about. Sin is offensive to God. God hates sin. 
God is so pure and perfect and holy that he can't have anything to do with sin. And maybe you became a Christian some years ago and you've forgotten what it means to be in sin and God has forgiven that sin. And maybe we take it for granted right now. Maybe we take for granted what it cost the Father to turn his back on his Son and send him to die on a cross. And maybe we've forgotten what it meant to the Son to bear our sin in his body on the cross, to be nailed to a cross for our sins. We should never forget what it cost God to pay for our sins so that he could forgive our sins. We should never forget the joy and liberation that there is to be free from sin. That there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ. That our sins are made whiter than snow. That God separates them from the east to the west. We've got a God who loves to forgive sin. And we should love to thank him for that. And not forget what it cost for our salvation. He's a God who heals all of your diseases. What the psalmist is saying here, he's speaking to himself. He's saying, don't forget that. Do you ever speak to yourself? It's not a sign of madness. I speak to myself all the time. I say, Alec, what are you doing? You're such an idiot, man. When I make mistakes. How did you do that? Why did you say that? Don't forget your mum's birthday. Don't forget your anniversary. And I speak to myself. And he's speaking to himself here. And he says, don't forget that God heals all your diseases. When our loved ones are sick, we pray for them. And when that sickness doesn't go away, we, we pray intensely for them. And if the sickness or there's a de- disease, then we really give ourselves to prayer. But when God answers, we're so happy that the person is well again, and we embrace them, and we forget to thank God. We forget to thank God for all the times that he has healed us. And our kids. I certainly forget that. He redeems your life from the pit. The word redemption means to to pay for, to buy. So our life was going down towards a pit of destruction. Slaves to sin. Slaves of the devil. On our way to certain death and destruction. What did God do? He paid for us with the blood of his son Jesus Christ. Don't forget that. Never forget you've been bought with such a high price the blood of Christ. That's how precious you are. God didn't send an angel to die for you or a prophet to die for you or anyone else. He sent his son because you're so precious it needed the blood of his son to save you. He crowns you with love and compassion. Have you got that song that that, that sings about oh how he loves us? You know, where it talks about God's love being like an ocean, that we're in this ocean of his love, and that his love is like a hurricane. It just sweeps us away. The amazing love that God has for each and every one of us. And let's not take that for granted. And how he has compassion. He's seen us in our desperate state, and he lifts us up. Who satisfies your desires with good things. Um, What I've noticed is this. The, the people who don't tend to have much really appreciate those few things that they've got, they've got and give thanks to God. But as I've noticed that people have got a lot, they tend to think that they've got a lot because they're good. And they're good at doing what they do. Well, the question is, who gave you that ability to do what you do? 
Who gave you that body to move about in? Who gave you your brain? Everything we have comes from Him. So we should be thankful to God. We should stop every day and not forget all of the blessings that God has done for us. Because otherwise we will be ungrateful. And ungratefulness is a terrible attitude. It's sinful. Our cup overflows. Our Lord is so, so good to us. What are the dangers of forgetting? In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10, we read these words. Now, God was about to send his people into the promised land, and he warned them. And he says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given to you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. He's saying, look, I'm going to send you into this land. I'm going to give you this land. But there's a danger that when things start going well, you're not going to obey me anymore. Because when we need something from God, what do we do? Oh, God, help me. I'll do anything that you want as long as you give me what I want. Have you ever said that? I love you and I follow you wherever you lead me. And when we've got that thing, finally I've got it. And we're not so enthusiastic to obey God as we should be. And we can forget. And we start to love the gift rather than the giver. And that is a huge danger. That is called idolatry. When we love the gift rather than the giver. And we can be idolatrous towards our, our husband or wife, towards our children, our possessions, or even ourselves. And it's easy that we forget that all that we've got is because God has given it to us. He amplifies this idea in, in, in the same passage when he goes on to say in verse 12, Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and you've got nice cars and nice houses and nice yachts and everything else, and your silver and gold increase, and you, all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. My dear friends, this is a massive danger. If God repeats something in the Bible, it's because it's important. And we find this idea throughout the Bible, don't forget, remember the Lord your God. Don't forget what he's done for you. Because we can concentrate on what we've got and become proud, thinking that it's because we're good people. We've earned it. I deserve it. <laughs> what do you deserve? You deserve to go to hell. We all deserve to go to hell. But God in his goodness gives us so many good things. God said to them, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands has produced this wealth for me. Isn't that what the typical English person says? 
I've earned it. I've done it. I'm a self-made man. Really? Did you go into your mother's womb and make yourself in the womb? How did you do that? No, you're made by God. Everything you you are has been given by God. If If you've got some gold, well, that gold was there before you came and it will be there when you go. You're borrowing that. It belongs to God. Let's not forget it all comes from God and we need to be thankful to the Lord for what he's done. Another danger of forgetting, we find in Psalm 106 and verse 13. And this talks about the time that they were in the wilderness. They've just come out of the land of Egypt, you know, when God opens up the Red Sea, and there they are. Things are going well, and all of a sudden, what happens? But they soon forgot what he had done, and did not wait for his plan to unfold. In the desert, they gave in to their craving. In the wilderness, they put God to the test. And he gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting, sent a wasting disease among them. They forgot. They'd seen God working. And after a few days, they forgot that and just wanted to have something else to eat. They were bored with their boiled eggs soldiers. They wanted some pizza and some pasta. And they forgot what God had done for them. They were just thinking about those material things. They were thinking about their mouth. And they started craving. And they said, God's not giving me enough. I need more. And God said, I'll give you more. But you're going to have problems. When we forget God, we start to disobey God. We forget about his word. We think that we've done it ourselves. And then we crave for more. And when we crave for more, the biggest danger is that God will give us that. Maybe God will speak to us once, twice, a hundred times. And then God will say, okay, I'll give you what you want. But you're going to have a barren time. You might have lots of material um, possessions, but your heart will be barren, your family will be barren. And you want to enjoy what you've got. Well, maybe you're saying to yourself, that's not fair. God tells me not to forget, and I don't want to forget. But I think God has forgotten me. I think God has forgotten me because things are going wrong in my life. I've got a health problem. I've prayed about it. I've been to the doctors, and it's not getting worse. It's it's not getting better. It's getting worse. I've got a family problem. I've got a rebellious child. I've got a husband that doesn't love me, and I've got... All sorts of problems with my parents and God has forgotten me. My work's not going well. I've lost my job. I can't find a job. I haven't got enough money. God has forgotten me. I'm arguing with my friends and things aren't going well. God has forgotten me. Have you ever felt like that? God has forgotten me. He's not answering my prayers. I prayed yesterday and he still hasn't answered me. Has God forgotten us? In Isaiah 49 we read, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. The people of Israel, they accuse God of having forgotten them. So God gives this example. He says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? Is that possible? The baby is sucking there. It can't, the the mum can't forget that. 
and have no compassion on the child she has born, though she may forget, impossible that it might seem, I will not forget you. We sang that song just now, didn't we? See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. If our names are written on the palms of the hands of God, how can he forget us? They're always before him. The idea is that we are always before God. We're always in the heart of God. He shows compassion. He loves us. He forgives us. He provides for us. He hasn't forgotten us and he can't forget us. He remembers as well what we do for him and for others. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10, we read, God is not unjust. He will not forget. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. God won't forget. This verse of the Bible teaches us that one of the best ways to show love towards God is to show love towards his people. It says, he will not forget your work and the love you have shown to him as you have helped his people. If you want to love God, love his people and help his people and continue to help them. So when you show hospitality and it costs you, God won't forget that. When you help someone in need, God won't forget that. When you show care and concern and you phone people up and you try and encourage them or you go and visit them, God won't forget that. When you seek to disciple someone and encourage them along the way and help them grow in Christ, God won't forget that. When you see someone straying and you admonish them out of love, God won't forget that. Neither will God forget our prayers. Even though sometimes it takes a long time for prayers to be answered. I was speaking to a fellow that's serving the Lord in, the, in South Norwood, in South London. And he'd been going to Wembley each day for 20 years and praying for the Hindus in Wembley for 20 years without seeing one Hindu converted. Had God forgotten him? Was God watching everyone else but he'd forgotten this poor fellow? We need to ask ourselves that question. Does God forget what he's doing? Or is God pleased with his faithfulness? And just last year, some Hindus began to get converted after serving there for 20 years. We'd prayed for Josiah for 18 years. We prayed for him before he was born, when he was conceived. And we prayed for him for 18 years before the Lord answered our prayers and called him and saved him. Patricia, my wife, she'd prayed for 22 years to be able to go into a women's prison and be able to bring the gospel to those women. After 22 years, the Lord answered prayer. So if you prayed yesterday and God hasn't answered you yet, don't worry, it's not that he's forgotten. Or he doesn't know what he's doing. God answers in the right way at the right time. I read this that I want to share with you. When we pray... God hears more than we say. He hears our groanings and our sorrow and our suffering and our, and our anguish. When we see things that we need and we feel that we need them right now or problems that need to be solved right now, he hears the words, but he also hears the groaning. And then there's the groaning of the Holy Spirit. 
He answers more than we ask. He gives more than we imagine at the best time and in the best way. We have got a really wonderful God, a faithful God, who will never leave us and he will never forsake us and he will never forget us in any circumstances, at any time, no matter what we've done, there's always a way back to God. It's great, isn't it? So let's not forget Him. Let's not forget what He's done for us. And let's give ourselves to serve and obey our wonderful and glorious God. Amen. Phil, should I go straight on to the... Okay. Well, why am I saying that? Because we could have felt, in a way, that God had forgotten us, <laughs> to be honest with you, in Potswoli. Because, like, as a city, we feel abandoned by the rest of the world. Like, we're in a bad way. Economically, we're in a bad way. As far as Amathia is concerned, we're in a bad way. As far as the, um, the whole... Um, political situation, we're in a bad way. Our streets are dirty, they're broken, there's no work, there's no hope. We could feel abandoned. And we could even ask ourselves, is this a God-forsaken place? You know that phrase, a God-forsaken place. Sometimes it seems like that. Can you just go back to the first one, please? The f- can I, or do I go back with this here? Not working. Okay, just go right, right back to the start, please. Thanks. So... And we've been struggling. You need to go back about another four or five of those slides. Is that possible? Can you do that? Someone's forgotten to do it the the right way. It's probably me. I've made a mistake. Let's just go back. I just want to talk to you a little bit about a project that we've had. Because as far as our own church is concerned, we've been having problems from the very day that we started. We've been having problems with buildings, with landlords, and um, all sorts of things. And we started off right by the seafront at Potswoli, in a small hall, which is about less... Is it not there? Have we lost it? It doesn't matter. In a small hall, which is about smaller than half the size of this hall. And it was a little shop. And we were in this place for about ten years. No, eight years we were there. But there were all sorts of problems. It was humid, it was hot, there was no parking. Some people would come along and, 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 um, to the church. They would drive around for an hour looking for a parking space and then go off. Um, another one of the problems was that we had a pavement which is about this wide. Here we are. Brilliant. So if you can just see, the last two doors, that, those are the, the, the doors of our hall. And then go on to the next one, please. Is that working now? Okay. That gives you a better idea. So we got these four doors. That was our hall, right in the main line. Can you see how small that pavement is? And there were motorbikes going up and down there. So if any kid ran out of the, the, the church hall, there was a danger of them being run over. Not only was that the problem, but there was a problem with the sewage. So when it rained a lot, all of the human sewage would come out right in front of the front door and we'd have to try and put it back down the drains. Can you just imagine how disgusting that is before a church service? But we were in there for eight years and we, we got on well enough. This will just give you an idea that we're right in the middle of, of housing there. And these are the, the roads in Potswoli, a little bit different 
to the roads in Loughton, I might add. And then um, we got the, our second place, which was further up. You can see the roads are a bit wider. It's a newer area and a, and a richer area. And we um, moved into this hall. And you can see there's li this little courtyard outside. This was taken recently. It wasn't so um, in such a bad condition when we had it. So the, the, the two doors on the left, like the left door and the, um, the aluminium door, that was the main hall, which would have been just almost about... Uh, just a bit more than half of this hall. And then on the right, we had rooms. For the first time, we had a kitchen. It's a great novelty. And we had a room for the Sunday school as well. And we were there about four or five years. And this was the church at that time, taken outside that hall. Then we moved to another place, which was about 30 yards away. And if you can just see from where that's, those plants end, right up to the end, that was the hall. But the problems we were having up here was, because it was a richer area, the people didn't want us. We were a nuisance for them. And they actually said to the owner, if you don't um, rent to the evangelicals, we'll pay half the rent, but we don't want them here. So when we did move in, they were sending the police to us. There was a mad lady that used to come in and disturb the meetings. People would come and threaten us. Even our last place, we were getting threatened, and we were having all sorts of problems. And then finally, we moved on to where we are now. This is a picture of the church in the courtyard of um, our new church building. We've got a courtyard, about, probably about the same size as your um, parking space outside, which is brilliant, where the kids can play, we can enjoy doing things with them. And we can eat outside as well, because it's so nice in the summer, we do tend to eat quite a lot outside, where we can have um, the opportunity to share the gospel with the people around us. But just recently, where we were <clears throat> in 2015, January 2015, um, three things happened in that month. First of all, a mini tornado came along and took the roof off of the kitchen and the creche. Obviously, the landlord should pay for that, but she wasn't interested in paying for it, so we had to pay for it. But we were wondering if it was time, like after 18 years of being in different buildings and of spent spending a lot of money on rent, we're paying about 800 euros a month on rent, and together with electricity, and it comes, we're paying about 1,000 euros for these things. And so it's like a hemorrhage in the life of our church. But um, just at that time, something else happened. We, um, we got a gift from a church that had closed down in the south of London, in the south of England, and they gave us a gift of £10,000. Now, we'd never had a gift like that before or after, so it's not like every five minutes I'm getting a £10,000 gift. And because it was such a huge gift, I was wondering, well, well, God, what do you want to say by means of this? So I thought it would be great to use that money, which, was, which came from the closure of a hall, to start a building fund to build our own hall. And then the next month, we got another gift from another church that closed down. So we've been praying that churches are going to close down so they can give us some. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm being registered. I'm being filmed. So I'm just joking. Eh? <laughs> anyway, that was, there was only two of them, so it didn't happen anyway. But by means of that, and because the exchange rate was great, we had, we had in two months a building fund of 20,000 euros. Before that, we didn't have a, a penny. So um, we started off with this building fund, and then at the same time, in the same month, we found this plot of land up for sale. 
And this is a plot of land that the Italian government and the local council have um, designated that you can only build a church building on it. Because town planners, they say, they decide in certain areas we have a school, in other areas we'll have um, roads, in other areas we can have supermarkets. But this area, you can only build a church. So the whole of Pottswally has been built upon, except for this piece of land here. And it came up for sale in, in, June, in, in January, and it was up for sale for 80,000 euros. So we were before the Lord with our 20,000 euros building fund. And we just felt that the Lord was guiding us in this way. Now, um, this piece of land is the size of half of a football pitch. So you can imagine, it's a big place. And it gives us the ability, if God guides us in this way, and we believe he is, to do what we've always wanted to do. Now, um, this is the, the provisional planning permission that we asked for and that the local government has given us. So you can see the, the sort of square. I don't know if you can see it okay. There's a square thing there. That it should be the hall. It should be about 450 square meters. Now, why are we going for such a big hall? Because we want to use this for, to do after-school activities for kids. That means helping them with their homework. To have a room where kids can come and do their homework. Because where we live, there are a lot of people living in apartment buildings and a lot of confusion, and it's hard for them to study. So we want to make that available. Basically, we want, if it's possible, we would like to have a church that is open all day, every day. Really serving the community. Where Stefan and I will move our offices into the, into the church building, so we should be available. Then, um, just on the left, you can't see it, but there should be a playground. Now, why do you think a playground is necessary? In London, there are playgrounds everywhere, and parks everywhere. Well, in our city of Potswali, of 100,000 people, how many parks do you think we've got? None. We haven't got any parks, as you would know. We've got a, an ornamental park, which isn't really, because the kids can't really play there. And that's about it. And in the whole of the city, there are only two playgrounds that are working for 100,000 kids, or 100,000 people and their kids, obviously. So we're keen to have this playground area where mums and parents can come, and where their kids can play in a safe area. Now, you might think that's really stupid, but for us it is so important, because our kids grew up without parks and without playgrounds. So we want to offer that to the people, and where parents can come and sit, and maybe we can have a chance to go and show them the love of God. And then just above that building, we're hoping to create a mini sports area where there will be one sort of area that can be used for basketball, volleyball, and five-a-side football. Now, we've got loads of contact with loads of young people, with loads of kids, and it seems to us that the Lord is really guiding us that this is the right time and the right place. Now, this area is right geographically in the middle of Podswalling. And it's in, in the middle of schools. There are four schools just around that hall, surrounding it. And in three of those schools, I've already taught. I've taught English in two of those schools, although you might not believe it. <laughs> and I've taught rugby in one of those schools as well. So I've got contacts with so many people just right where this hall is. So we're really um, praying about that. And this just gives you an idea of some of the things that we've done in our own courtyard. We've had these um, sports competitions, and this is a cage 
which, sport, which Youth for Christ lent us for a few days, and where we had act, sporting activities. So we're doing sporting activities, as Stefano said, all the time. Um, but we want to do it better. This is also um, a children's club that we had in the hall, and we have children's clubs in the housing estates as well. So again, you know, with that grass and a bit of open space, it really could be ideal, because we've never been able to do it in our own premises, except for these clubs. But our hall now is on the other side of a main road. So it's a bit of a barrier for, for people to come to. And also, we're in our own building now, illegally. What does that mean? That our owner has refused to give us a contract. So we can't insure the place. So we can't really invite kids there, because if anything goes wrong, we could be in trouble. And not just that, we don't want kids to get hurt. This is, um, again, the planning permission. So we've got this... The, um, We've been given provisional planning to do this. Now, no one believed it would happen because the bishop usually gets in the way. The, um, the councillors want to be bribed because Potswali is a, it's got a, a place of historical um, significance. So there's, there's a lot of archaeology there. There's a lot of, there, are, there are earthquakes there. So to, to get planning permission, everyone said it was impossible. But just a few weeks ago, the Lord answered our prayers and we've got planning permission. It was like a miracle for us. It was really like opening the Red Sea. You know, if you speak to, speak to anyone in Potsdam in our church, they would explain it to you. It's maybe difficult in a country where things work pretty well. Like, it's difficult to realize just what it means to get something in a place like Potsdam. So the idea is to have, um, you know, these... I did this, so it's not an architect, so don't start complaining about the architect. <laughs> have an area where we can have the kids, the creche, have these rooms and offices and, and toilets and, and, and a big enough kitchen as well for, um, to invite these people that Stefano goes to with his cousin and the women because we'd like to be able to have them and give them a meal each day or, or at least a couple of times a week, a hot meal. Because these people are really living desperate lives. They're illegal immigrants. They're being hounded by the police. They're being treated badly by the Italians that employ them. And we're really just hoping to show them Christian love. <clears throat> and this is the school where I'm teaching, um, just at the end there, where I'm teaching Joy, my daughter Joy. I'm teaching them Italian. And it's just down the road, as I say. So we've got so many opportunities. It just seems a really special time um, and how God is guiding us. And just to, to keep you up to speed, like... In 2015, January, we didn't have a penny. The only people that we've actually asked to give an offering was our own church, because it's ours, so we should be the ones giving it. And because we are generally a, quite a poor church, a lot of unemployed and people that do work, they're not really well off, we're able to get about 10,000 euros. So that's 10,000 plus the 20,000, up to 30,000. And now, we haven't asked anybody else. we just prayed about it. And we've been offered interest-free loans or money or actually been given money and now we're up to 200,000 euros in two years. Now that, to me, is absolutely amazing. I would never have believed it before. But the Lord hasn't forgotten us. We thought he'd forgotten us because we were in these places. We were having trouble wherever we were. But that's not to say that there aren't giants in front of us. There are huge giants to overcome Still um, legal giants to overcome with the local council 
uh, about the project. So what I want to ask you, please, dear brothers and sisters, is maybe that some of you can commit yourself to praying for this project, that it wouldn't just be something that starts and then fails. If we're going to do it, we want it to, we want to finish it. So maybe you can pray regularly that the Lord would bring this project to, to fruition. Maybe someone's a builder here or a plumber or an electrician or a designer or whatever. Maybe you want to offer your services free <laughs> so that we can finish what we're, we're starting. And maybe you would pray for us, which is probably the biggest um, giant of all that we're facing. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, it's a giant that does overwhelm me. The, the financial needs. Because we need... I would imagine to finish the whole thing off, we'd need about 400,000 euros. So we're only halfway there. And um, when I think about that, it does overwhelm me. But that's why this psalm that I read to you, Psalm 103, was what touched me, first of all. God hasn't forgotten us. He's been good in the past. He's been compassionate. He's, he's filled my life and our church's life with goodness. So he hasn't forgotten us, and he will bring it to fruition if that's his will. So would you partner with us in prayer about this, please? And pray that the Lord will put it on his people's hearts to be able to partner with us so that what started, we could bring it to, to a, a fruitful conclusion. So we just pray. Father, thank you so much that you don't forget us. We forget you so often and so quickly and for such trivial reasons. So we'd ask you to forgive us for that and help us, Lord, to love you and to follow you and to obey you, Lord, and to remember just how great you are and how loving you are. That we would be grateful people. People that want to obey you and do your will because you deserve to be obeyed and loved. So we do commit ourselves to you now, Lord, and pray that you would bless this church and all of their activities and their desire to serve you, not just here, but in Italy as well and in Pakistan and in different places. Lord, bless the witness of this church, we do pray. And for this project that seems to be such a, an insurmountable giant, we thank you, Lord, that David, just with a simple sling and a stone, was able to bring a giant to its knees, and he won that great and glorious battle. So we just pray, Lord, that you would bless us and guide us, and that we would have our eyes focused upon you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.